Bryce Young is out for the Aggies matchup with the Alabama Crimson Tide. How does that impact the defensive game plan for DJ Durkin and the Aggies? On this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. So if you're listening to us on the audio side, make sure you go check us out on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel there. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Bryce Young will be out of the Aggies matchup with the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. This according to a report by Aaron Wilson of the Pro Football Network. If you know of Aaron, you know he is one of the most plugged-in reporters that there is nationwide when it comes to football. He does a lot of work with the NFL, but it's not at all surprising that he would be the guy who could break this type of report. What does this do for Texas A&M in this matchup with Alabama, the number one team in the country, in Tuscaloosa. Well, it definitely changes the game plan because you're no longer facing the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, um, potential number one overall pick in the next draft. Um, What he's been able to do, and I've talked about him a lot on this podcast to contrast his play with the quarterback play that A&M has gotten over the course of the last several weeks, the first five weeks of the season. Bryce Young is a phenomenal football player. He's shown more use of his legs to make plays outside of structure. Um, As a runner, when he's supposed to pass, we saw a nifty scramble with a pump fake and and scored a touchdown in their game against Arkansas. His backup, Jalen Milrow, who came into the game against Arkansas when Bryce Young went down, It's a shoulder injury. I want to say they called it an an AC joint sprain. Um, Hopefully he doesn't have to miss too much time because he's a phenomenal player to watch. The the difference between Milrow and Young is offensively, Bill O'Brien is going to call, or at least based on what he did against Arkansas, and who knows how much of that was just the fact that Milrow wasn't getting a lot of reps in practice, and they wanted to put him in comfortable situations. They used a lot more designed quarterback runs, a lot more read runs, things like that, with Milrow than they did with, or than they typically do with Bryce Young. Um, it's not surprising. Milrow's a sophomore, hasn't played very much at all. It's not that surprising to see the offensive coordinator lean into 
maybe more of what he has done in the past or more of what might make him comfortable or keep him comfortable to try to facilitate the offense being able to move. Um, Milrow is dynamic as a runner, had a huge run against Arkansas and is a, a good passer. He's definitely a, a dual threat, somebody who can beat you through the air and on the ground. But you're definitely going to see more designed runs. This Alabama team is primarily a zone running team, which means the all of the all of the offensive linemen moving in one direction, typically with some sort of a jet motion or a motion from a wide receiver or some sift action of a tight end or a, a blocker working back. Uh, counter to the flow of the play to cut off that back, that in man on the line of scrimmage in the back. Um, you're going to see a lot of that with a lot of read option action that will put this AM defense, and will put any defense really for that matter, in a bind. Um, when you combine Jalen Milrow and his ability around with Jameer Gibbs and his ability as a running back, we talk a lot about Devon A-Chain and how phenomenal he is. Jameer Gibbs averages 8.8 yards per carry on 43 attempts. And they have a backup running back, Jace McClellan, who averages 7.3 yards on 35 attempts. And between the two of those guys, they have five rushing touchdowns. And they also have five receiving touchdowns. So between those two guys, they have 10 touchdowns this year. I don't even know if the A&M offense has scored 10 touchdowns this year. Even without Bryce Young, you have dynamic playmakers, specifically in the backfield for the, for the Tide. And that is going to have to be where the focus is for this A&M group. A&M is going to go into this game banged up a little bit in the secondary. Jalen Jones came out of the game against Arkansas last week. We'll see how he fares this if he's able to, to work into the game this week. Tyreek Chappelle, we're hearing, has suffered an injury in practice, may or may not play on Saturday. These injuries are starting to stack up a little bit for this A&M defense, and it's not a real great time for that to happen. But you're going to need – these young corners for A&M and along with Antonio Johnson, Damani Richardson, um, you're going to need these guys to be able to play coverage on the back end while you devote a lot of eyes and resources to the running game, because that becomes the primary threat with Jalen Milrow in the game. Milrow has played in four games this year, only attempted 27 passes in four games. Now, part of that is because of the fact that most of those games were blowouts that Alabama was winning, and they were just, you know, the second group of offensive guys was out there in an attempt to run some clock and not not run up the score more than they, they necessarily had to run it up. Um, but, I mean, even against Arkansas, where he played, you know, call it probably half the game, he only attempted nine passes and only completed four of them. He did throw a touchdown, but 
He had six rushing attempts himself and nine passing attempts in that game. So it's pretty clear, at least based on that early action, it's pretty clear. This team, this Alabama team, wants to get back more into the kind of team that they were when or before guys like Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian showed up on the offensive side of the ball there. I mean, nobody on the nobody on the Crimson Tide had more than three receptions against Alabama. Now, Kobe Prentice is an explosive playmaker, turned those three catches into 92 yards and a touchdown. But they had five rushing touchdowns in the game. Jameer Gibbs goes for 206 yards, 11.4 yards a carry. Jalen Milrow goes for 91 yards and a touchdown. The passing game is going to look significantly different for Alabama with Jalen Milrow under center. And AM is going to have to put a lot of focus into what it looks like, into stopping the run with numbers and with the re- the read action that's going to come. And you have to. This is the kind of run scheme that gives you nightmares to stop as a defense because with the quarterback as a true running threat who can create explosive plays, you lose your advantage on defense. Typically in the running game on defense, you're playing up a man because the quarterback hands the ball off most of the time and boots out or drops back and pretends like he's going to pass and he becomes a non-factor in the play that then becomes a 10 on 11 play where you have 11 guys to defeat to defeat or defend 10. And you wind up with 11 guys against nine blockers because one guy has the ball. So you wind up with two guys who should be unblocked with the ability to make the tackle on the runner. Doesn't always work out that way, but that's how it works in theory. Before we move on to how A&M can slow down this Alabama passing game with Jalen Milrow at the helm. As I mentioned earlier, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. Like I said, it's extremely easy, and it's easy to play while you're watching your favorite team, the Fighting Texas Aggies, play on Saturday. You go to the Underdog website, and you create an account. You go find the Pick'em Players. For that week, you go make your picks, find the over-under on what Haynes King's passing yardage is going to be or what Jalen Milrow's rushing yardage is going to be or how many yards Devon A-Chain is going to run for. You pick the over and the or the under. Doesn't get much easier than that. Make your own picks. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just the Aggies, and decide if they'll finish above or below the totals. It's one of the easiest fantasy ways to play, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON 
and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Deposit $100, get $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. As we mentioned before, the passing game is going to look different with Jalen Milrow at the helm than it did with Bryce Young. As I mentioned, Jalen only completed four passes for 65 yards in the game. He He's just not going to be the same level of passer that that Bryce Young is going to be. And now, granted, they the game got competitive for a little while, but for most of the time that Jalen Milrow was in the game, the game wasn't that competitive. The game got a little bit tight for a few minutes in the third quarter after Arkansas went on a run in the third quarter, had the onside kick, had all that kind of stuff go on. Arkansas goes on a little run in the third quarter, but then it didn't take long for Alabama to pull back out ahead. At the end of the third quarter, it was 28-23 Alabama with 12 minutes and 17 seconds in the third in the fourth quarter. So basically three minutes of gameplay later, it was 42 to 23 Alabama again. So the like I said, the game was not that close for that long, which is why you probably didn't see. Milrow throw all that much because they didn't need to. They can move the ball on the ground extremely effectively. I mean, Jameer Gibbs had a 72-yard touchdown run in the game and a 76-yard touchdown run in the game. What you're going to see from this Alabama offense is you're going to see a lot of a lot of easier passes to try to make Milrow comfortable. And what A&M's got to do is something they've struggled a little bit with at times, they have to tackle. If A&M tackles well in space on the receivers, they should be able to keep this passing game down pretty well. It's not, it's not a, basically, it's not a passing game that with Milrow in the game at this point really, really scares you through the air down the field. And because of that, you have to be able to cover them up and tackle one-on-one with a little bit of safety help, but you have to be able to dedicate resources down near the line of scrimmage. A lot of people are going to say, well, this means A&M can't play a three-man front this game, right? They have to play a four-man front. But there's nothing inherently about a four-man front that makes it better at stopping the run than a three-man front. The only difference really is alignment. Your personnel doesn't change that much, whether you stand up a guy on the end or you have a guy with his hand down in the dirt. It doesn't change all that much. In fact, a lot of times in a three-man front, you get more bigger people on the field because they're all playing closer to the interior rather than having two of your defensive linemen be smaller guys. You may have one of your – you probably have three bigger guys 
and one sort of edge guy or two edge guys that are a little bit bigger than your typical off-ball linebackers might be if you're in true base 3-4 personnel. Now, if you're in some sort of sub-package with, with an odd front or with a three-man front, then you probably still wind up with a fourth guy who's uh, the size of an edge rusher. Um, but having those three down means that you can play nickel and still keep linebackers on the field, which may not be a bad call in this game. We're probably going to see Antonio Johnson play back up closer to the line of scrimmage this week in more of a true nickel-type slot corner role. And you'll see a lot of Damani Richardson, Bryce Anderson, and Jarden Gilbert rotating in the secondary at safety. Hopefully they've got enough corners that can stay healthy and play man coverage because that's going to be the key to stopping this Alabama offense. All right, guys. How is this Alabama game going to go down for A&M? Going into the game, when Bryce, it, it, with the possibility that Bryce Young was going to play, everything in me said this game could get really ugly, and it could get really ugly really fast. Primarily because of the fact that A&M just has not done a very good job of disrupting quarterbacks with pressure this year. They've gotten some pressure. They haven't been able to finish plays with sacks. And combine that with the fact that A&M hasn't been able to score points on anybody – much less on a Nick Saban-led defense like they're going to face here against Alabama with Will Anderson on the defensive line and Henry Tuoto at linebacker and the other guys that they have. I still think A&M comes up short in this game, but I think it's going to be competitive longer than it might would have been if Bryce Young was going to play. And the reason I say that is because I think that if A&M can tackle – especially at the second level, they'll give up drives. But I also think that the longer the game stays competitive, the more likely you are maybe to get Jalen Milrow to give you the ball back. And if Haynes King can protect the ball, or if we see Connor Wigman and Connor Wigman can protect the ball and that game's not too big for him, I think A&M will have a shot to keep this thing competitive for the first two and a half quarters or so before Alabama goes on to win, probably by about two scores if I had to guess. I would hope that, and we've seen this happen before, where what is usually and oftentimes is a sort of stale offense that doesn't have great game plans put together, Jimbo Fisher reaches in his bag and pulls out a masterful game plan. We've seen him do it against LSU in some of these games. We've seen him do it against Clemson. We've seen him do it against Alabama. If he can do that offensively and they can they can score points, they have a chance to really make this game close and let this game come down to maybe a special teams play or maybe a mistake by the young quarterback in his first start for Alabama. Or maybe Devon A-Chain makes a big run or Antonio Johnson or Damani Richardson or, or somebody makes a big play for the Aggie defense. We will have to see how the game goes. It's sort of the start of the second half of the season for A&M. This is the game everybody's had circled on their calendars for a year now, only escalated and highlighted it in, in yellow highlighter in May whenever Jimbo and Nick went at it over NIL stuff. 
But I think considering the state of the A&M team and considering who Alabama is and who they've been this year, it's tough to say a and going to go out there and win this game. I think they've got a shot to make it competitive. And if they can make it competitive and keep it within one score, football's a funny-shaped ball. It can bounce in a lot of different directions, and you never know what's going to happen. It's the SEC, after all. Weird things happen every week. We've seen this A&M team play Alabama tough. Let's hope they have the ability to do it on Saturday night. That's it for your show today, guys. Thanks so much for joining me this Friday. I'm looking forward to this game. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me during the game at Joey Ikes. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. You can follow us on YouTube. We'll have reaction to the game, all that kind of stuff on YouTube, Locked on Aggies. Like the videos, comment on the videos, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you get notified every time we post a new video. You can find us on your Spotify, your Apple podcast, your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a, re- a rating and review there. And now that you've made Locked on Aggies your first listen, please go check out Locked on SEC, where host Chris Gordy is going to give you the best information on the SEC in under 30 minutes. He's going to get you ready for games like this Aggies, Alabama game, and all the other games across the SEC, and he'll do it in 30 minutes or less. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the game. We will see you Monday.